This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Eric. Eric Freeman, how are you? Hey, Josh. Uh, you don't know <laughs> how long I have been waiting to hear that question, and I got to tell you, I am so good right now. <laughs> this is a little life dream come true being fulfilled in this moment, so thank you. Wow. Well, I am excited. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited because this is a we've had a lot of Irish people on this podcast for whatever reason. We've had some some other we've had some people from Boston, but no other Michigan representation. So Michigan State, no less. Uh, So strong Michigan presence on this week's podcast. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Go Sparty. Go Sparty. And so you you and I did not actually go to school together, but uh, I guess you're so Eric Freeman, for anybody who doesn't know, is um, uh, well, I guess probably, probably a lot of people don't know because I mean you're sort of it's it's not like you like kind of make the rounds on various podcasts, or whatever, but you have a very dedicated fantasy Twitter presence, and I feel like I first came to know you because I you were just interacting with us on social media over the last couple of years, and you know I personally think that your gifts are the best gifts. If I had to pick anyone <laughs> to, to create a gif to describe a moment, I know some people say gif. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a hard G uh, gif. Person. Oh, but I'm a gif guy. I'm a gif guy. guy. Oh, yes. this is it's a terrible start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, what is your? Uh, how did you get into fantasy to begin with? Uh, and what you know, what's your you know what's your connection to fa- you know how did you get into uh, FPL? Yeah, so I, I guess you know for us as Americans. It had to start with TV coverage, right? I mean, growing up, we didn't really have access to Premier League that regularly, and uh, I had played soccer some, but uh, or football, but um, it, it wasn't till college, I think, till I really started getting more regular access to the Premier League, and um, followed that pretty dedicated for years before I even knew there was a fantasy game. Finally discovered it, tried it out one year. I, I, you know, I started following Chelsea. Um, I know I get a lot of flack for that but um you're a true fan which i respect I, yeah even yeah I'm not a chelsea and, fan and i always say that i fell in love with the club because i fell in love with frank lampard and everybody understands mm-hmm. that just so long as mm-hmm. i didn't mention john terry but right, um right but yeah i picked my favorite players and didn't understand why i couldn't select more than three and <laughs> quickly gave up and uh and i i created just a dead team and and never returned to it and then i i just got bored a few seasons later and i think so this is my third season now and um was was just kind of in a weird phase of life where i had a lot of time in my hands and uh started playing fantasy premier league and uh, i was literally the only person i knew who played it um i was living in a town where i don't think there was another soccer fan another yeah, Premier league fan so i was gonna say so a <laughs> lot of there are a lot of uk listeners to the podcast who live in very remote locations uh you know somewhere and you know a lot of people are in you know 
uh, you know, far Western Southern England or, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even start naming places in England because I'm going to get the wrong <laughs> geographic location. But you have to be one of the few people who is in rural Northern Michigan who yeah. listens to the podcast. Yeah. So can you just very briefly, and, I, and we're going to get into Game Week 24 and, and all that stuff in just a second here, but uh, what is your, um, what, you know, what do you do for a living? Because I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I'm actually a pastor um, and I've been uh, serving at a church in rural northern michigan for three years now um and so it's uh it's been kind of a weird experience for me um just being also my main hobby being fantasy premier league because um like i don't get sundays off uh mm-hmm. you know nine o'clock kickoff for example this morning um i got to watch the first half of the lesser city game and i have uh, Captain Vardy on my team, along with Madison <laughs> and Evans. So like my entire game week rides on this game and I go into halftime thinking, well, okay, a little disappointing, no big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. they'll pull it together in the second half service gets over. I log back on and I see everything went wrong. <laughs> I'd combined three <laughs> points from those three players, yeah. um, including zero points from my captain. And uh, <laughs> so that's the life of a pastor, if anyone wants to know of what wow. it's like on a Sunday have you morning. Tried, have you tried to get any of your parishioners to play as well? Is this, you know, I, I don't know how this would go. I mean, I have family in Northern Michigan. I, I can't imagine this would go over very well. You'd have to explain what soccer is to most of them before you could even right. you know, I, I mean, explain the fantasy I have, game. There's a teenager in my church who who is a big United fan. Um, he's actually the only person I've met in my entire city of ten thousand people that I know watches the Premier League, and um, and he might do it next year. I might convince him, but okay, yeah, I don't yeah. have any conversation partners, which is probably why I tweet way too much. <laughs> well, so what is what is your total handle? If anybody wants to follow you on there, what's uh, I forget? Yeah, I'm at um, at Eric D Freeman pretty straightforward that's yep. no fpl in the handle which which i like personally uh brian and i have been waging a long war for whether to include fpl in our in our <laughs> twitter handle and I've, I've held out for for years now so uh well great well thank you know thank you again for for coming on the pod i actually would love to ask you a million more questions but i think uh it's such a quick turnaround to game week 24 that i think we should uh, just get right into it let's um, do it I mean, yeah let's quickly you know so game week 23 you mentioned uh uh terrible for me. And I know some people want to hear this. So I'm, I'm going to get it out there real fast. Uh, worst case scenario level terrible. I think the only the only attacking return or clean sheet came from the same person uh, for me, which was Trent Elton <laughs> Arnold. Uh, I uh-huh. finished on 31 points, which is a 6.3 million game rank rank. Now, there are 7.3 million people who are listed as played in the game. Like 4 million of them are dead teams. So there were just a bunch of teams that no one's managed in, in months that destroyed me this game uh-huh. week. Uh, and yeah, it just, it was, and, and, Everything is just sort of comprehensively bad. I, I played uh, Ryan over Pope. Uh, I played Cantwell over Grealish. I transferred out Jimenez for Firmino. Um, I also transferred out Aurier for uh, Williams. Now, I did put Williams on the bench, but I could have started Aurier. So all told, it was like a... I don't even want to think about how many points I just transferred out and how many, I, I just, I got, I got, I got double, I got double game weeked. And I think this is a phenomenon uh-huh. that a lot of us are, I'm sure you, you're aware of this as well. And, you know, there's that, that temptation to just put all of your chips into the, the double game week, you know, the two fixtures in one. Uh, and I, you know, I'm just for, to transfer out Jimenez alone, a player who I love, um, just that is the ultimate double game week move right there. And I had a, I had a whole, you know, I thought it out in my head and they had played a midweek match, um, you know, against Manchester United. It looked like Traore may be injured. Uh, Firmino has been in great form. Um, didn't have a lot of faith in Man United to, uh, to do anything. Um, you know, as I actually don't know if you watched the highlights of the Man United Liverpool match, but Firmino actually did score. Um, mm-hmm. It just got VAR'd out. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I got to, I, I did get to watch the game. I got to, okay. I, I church ended. I got to watch the second half, which oh, was okay. really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to watch some of the highlights of the first half, but yeah, it looked like a frustrating game for almost any FPL manager because we all owned at least two people in that match. <laughs> and we were all disappointed at some point or another, unless if you own like me, uh, Trent and Virgil, Right. And, and right off the bat, you're you're set. But for everybody else, I mean, it just was such a frustrating game. Although at the very same time, like 
super exciting. And that's that's the weird thing about FPL is like that was one of my favorite games of the year. Um, and yeah, yet you hate it at the same time. It was it was a fun it was a fun match uh, because it was uh, it was a first I, I would say it was more frustrating. Uh, I, I actually snuck out to the Black Horse to, to watch this one. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a question that we have a question here from uh, Jonathan Sunil Moses who says, is it time to prioritize family over FPL? I think he's kind of joking a little bit, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, you always prioritize family. But um, me going to the Black Horse to watch this match actually was a case of me prioritizing family because my family couldn't be around me when I was watching this match. <laughs> I, knew, I knew just how much I was going to lose it if things didn't go my way. And I needed the, like, moderating influence of being at a bar. You know, like, uh-huh. I'm not going to lose my mind in a bar. Uh, yesterday, Saturday's matches, I, I may have melted down just just a little bit. But, you know, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to... You know, your family, like, you know, if you're fantasy obsessed, your family will will s- start to figure this out and kind of, like, roll with it a little bit. As long as you, uh, you know, you have to shake it off. I think that's the that's the trick, right? You have to, like, awful game week. Okay, you know, it's it's. I, I feel like it's okay to feel miserable, to kind of hate it, to to, to be mm-hmm. mad about it for a minute. It's just like thirty minutes after that's done, you have to be. It has to be gone, right? Like right. you can't, like you can't bring it with you anywhere. I think that's um, the advantage yeah. I have over you is you're actually good at FPL, and so uh, like you kind of feel like you have maybe. something <laughs> something at stake <laughs> at times. And and the advantage is for me is like I can sit back on the couch and just enjoy the game because I know. It doesn't matter in the right. end. And uh, so my wife and I actually got home in time to watch that uh, second half. And uh, when Allison kicked that ball straight mm. to Salah and Salah yeah. made the run and slotted <sighs> it home and then ripped off his shirt. Like I felt like dancing around the house because it was so exciting. And I'm not yeah. a Liverpool fan yeah. and I don't own yeah. either of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was just, yeah. So she enjoys she enjoys the game. She's not as big of a fan as me, but uh, so long as she gets to see me enjoy it. Credit to Allison, by the way. The, the very oh rare. I think that's the is it the second? I think we've had two goalkeeper assists on the season, and uh, I think that was yeah. And just in credit to the Man United, or excuse me, the Liverpool defense, who I think it's now six clean sheets in a row after this seven. kind of seven seven yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah after this. And and honestly, it was it was kind of fluky the ones they were conceding. You know, they were still winning all these matches. Uh-huh. They were just just you know one moment here, one moment there. So. Um, yeah, well, obviously we're going to talk a lot more about Liverpool in just a second here. So let's, let's just quickly, uh, in today's topic, we're, we're going all in double game week. We'll be talking about that as our, as our main topic. Um, we do have a lightning round as well. That's going to be more, uh, focused on strikers, uh, particularly kind of those second and third tier strikers. A lot of, a lot of people are, are sort of ta- there's some new prospects right now, especially with Marcus Rashford being injured that I think are worth us talking about. But Eric, before we go any further, the always cheating super league, now I didn't prep you about this, but do you want to read off the top ten for the Always Cheating Super oh, League? Oh my goodness! Like, yeah, and you know, if you if you you know, just my advice is to say the person's name and not their team name. I think that's okay. that's the it gets you in less trouble that way. That's usually all right. Advice. All right, here's the top ten for the Always Cheating Super League. A top ten that I will never see in my lifetime. <laughs> Number ten, Helga Ardal with one thousand four hundred thirty points. Number nine, Alex Nielsen with 1,431 points. Number eight, oh dear, uh, I'm sorry, just apologies. <laughs> Praydrag Jurich, 1,437. Uh, also tied with him is Maro Zaraski. Uh, number six, Zarashi, maybe. Zarashi, yeah. Uh, number six, Tua Lum- Lumbai. Oh mm-hmm. Josh, what are you doing to me? Uh, you just got to you just got to confidently power through and <laughs> assume right. that they'll forgive you if you mispronounce right. their name. Here we go. Number five, Jonas Viking Obi with fourteen forty one. Number four, Scott Thompson fourteen forty two. Number three, Andreas Tongstrom fourteen forty four. Number two, Christopher Bergman with fourteen forty seven. And number one overall. Ooh, this is a new one. Just jumped up to the top spot. Declan mm-hmm. Ryan with 1,448 points. Josh, yeah, that is a lot more points than I have. Uh, yeah, me too, to be totally honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed I'm actually still in the top 100K, but I, I'm right around 78. So I, I guess this was one of those game weeks where if you had a terrible game week, if you have a terrible game week, have it in a game week where the average points is fairly low. Um, mm-hmm. Like I had 31, but the average is 44. So 
you know, it's like I, I lost ground, but I didn't lose too much ground. And I, I hopefully that was true for people listening to the podcast who also had uh, bad game weeks. Hopefully, no one uh, quite as quite as bad as as me. Eric, <laughs> I could go on about my own team uh, forever, uh, but let's let's do some Patreon thank yous here too. Uh, thank you to uh, new Lord Sorloth patrons uh, R. Uh, James Shapland, Will Cowmeadow, Aditya Sar- uh, Sharma, Alan Beagleman, and Cameron Archer. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, a couple final housekeeping notes. I actually should have known of these earlier on the podcast, but uh, first is that uh, Brandon is just away for this weekend. Uh, he'll be back next week for the podcast. He's, at a, he's down in New Orleans uh, for a long weekend. And uh, the second thing is that the cheaters are coming to England. And we'll be talking a lot more about this on upcoming pods, but we are going to be there for the, uh, I guess it's the March 7th fixtures. They have not announced the actual dates of all these fixtures yet, but we are going to be in the UK, uh, I think from the 4th or the 10th, uh, based out of London, but we'll be traveling uh, all around the country, hopefully uh, seeing various matches. So if you want to meet the cheaters, uh, send us a note. Let us know. Uh, again, we'll be talking a lot more about it. We'll certainly plan a meetup as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Brandon and I went there about a year and a half ago, and we had an amazing time. Met a ton of great people, and uh, looking forward to doing that again. So, um, Eric, let's take a quick break, and we'll get back and talk about Game Week 24. All right, Eric, we're back. Today's theme, all in on Game Week 24. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. We've we've talked about how we're not going to talk about it until we get closer to Game Week 24. And and here we are. It's Game Week 24. It kicks off in 48 hours, less than 48 hours. Uh, it's pretty – well, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, as, as I mentioned before, the, the structure is a little funky because you have these – uh, Tuesday and Wednesday matches, uh, and then Thursday, and then we went with the next match won't actually be until the following Wednesday. Those final two matches are both Liverpool matches as well. So I think uh, we're going to talk mostly about Liverpool here, but there are some questions about other players to target, uh, including West Ham, and um, I think we've talked about Man City a little bit as well. So uh, let's get started, though. Uh, Gabe Castellanos, uh, one of our Patreon supporters, says, the big question, who to triple captain Mane, Salah, Trent, no one? <laughs> so, Eric, are you are you triple captaining anybody in game week 24? Is this have you held your triple captainship? Oh, Josh. <laughs> so so, you, you know, this maybe not everybody knows this, but when I came in my first two seasons, I was the most undisciplined FPL manager pure Maverick. ever and just trigger happy with all of the chips didn't understand <laughs> chip strategy. And I tried so hard to be a good FPL manager this year, but uh, I wasted it. On uh, I think it was game week four, Spurs <laughs> against Newcastle when Newcastle looked uh, like the worst team on earth. Mm. I triple captain Kane uh, and yes. uh, yeah. blanked. Um, it was terrible. So I don't have one. I don't know why I did it. And I think that was game week three. I remember this. I remember this game week well because I I wild carded to get Kane. So oh I gosh. I felt your yeah. pain a little bit there. All right, so you don't have you don't have a triple captainship. I do, uh, and I am planning to use it this game week. I was a little on the fence about it, and uh, just because it's it's you know once you I mean sort of like what you're saying, right? Like once you use it, it's it's gone, and if it doesn't work out, you sort of are left to lament, you know, whether you should have saved it. And um, so last year, I was in this position where I was I was kind of waiting and waiting and waiting to use my triple captainship, and I was sort of. I was having, you know, an extremely my best ever season and I was trying to just make it I I wanted it to be perfect. You know, I wanted to like it to be the final kind of cherry on top that like just made my season perfection. And I I ended up ignoring two major opportunities. One was a Man City double game week. I believe it was in game week 25 last year, something like that. Uh, maybe a little bit later, maybe it was 27. Uh, and the other one was Liverpool at home to um, Huddersfield Town. And in both cases, I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Something better is going to come along. Um, and so this time around, it's Liverpool. It's a double game week. I I have three Liverpool players, and I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to do it. And um, and so I think, you know, for me, I am I am pulling the trigger on the, on the triple captainship. Mm-hmm. And I am going with Sadio Mane. Um, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Like you, you see, you saw it even today. I mean, you know, it's just incredible how yeah. he's a little bit like Jamie Vardy in some ways where it feels like 
he's not necessarily the player who has the ball at his feet all the time, but mm -hmm. he just gets a couple of golden chances in every match. And um, I mean, what about you? If you were to triple captain somebody this game week, would you go, would you go Mane? Would you go Salah, Trent? Like who would be, who'd be your pick? Yeah. So right now I own Mane, Trent and uh, Van Dyke. And uh, currently my captainship is on Mane, but I, I don't you know. Want it, I mean, you want it to be Trent, don't you? You want to do Trent. I, I can feel I it's do, coming off you. But I also kind of want to do Van Dyke. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, <laughs> and and maybe that that's something that nobody should listen to. But I got Van Dyke in a, a few weeks ago for this exact reason of what we saw today. Like he's a goal threat. Yeah. Every single set piece that we saw today, they're targeting Van Dyke in the box. And you don't see that sort of goal threat. Um at least not in set pieces from any other player on that team. And they yeah. get a lot of opportunities like that. And, you know, seven clean sheets in a row. How safe is that? Like if, if I were to tell you that Mane scored seven goals in his last seven, seven games, you would triple captain him in a heartbeat. Well, yeah. I mean, the defenders are kind of doing something like that right now. Um, yeah. But I still have it on Mane because I feel like a fool for captaining a defender on a double game week. I do think that I mean I I probably would not go with with Van Dyke just because um, I think if you were if you were going to go with the defender I would I probably go with Trent just because there's two different ways for him to yeah to to accrue points I mean I mean obviously obviously you know Van Dyke did score today uh, mm -hmm. but I think I think in general I think you're more likely to get a Trent oh, yeah. because he's on you know so many set pieces and um, I think there. I guess it's just that they have two road fixtures. That's the one thing that throws me off a little bit, uh, especially away to Wolves. Uh, just Wolves are the kind of team they they don't they don't get held scoreless often, you know, and um, mm -hmm. and they're they're just and they're actually really good. They're they're fine playing a team where they're going to have to score a couple of counterattacking goals, right? It was you know it was I think it was around I don't know if it was Boxing Day or around that time when they. Maybe it was the day after uh, when they had the uh, their amazing three. Did you see their their three two comeback win over Man City? Yes, probably, yeah, probably my favorite match of the season so far. And so I, I just, you know, I guess so. I guess that's if I if I feel like they they could score a goal in that match, then I don't know. It's, it's really tricky, isn't it? Um, I, I think that Trent is really tempting. I guess it's just that. You know, it's just so easy for players to lose. It's like clean sheets can get lost. I mean, you know, just even today, if Anthony Martial just converts, you know, the, uh -huh. you know, just a you know golden chance, you know, sixty fifth minute or whatever it was, um, then through no fault of of any of their defenders necessarily, right? It was a really nice you know lead up play that led to that you know goal screen chance. Um, then their clean sheet is gone, you know, and mm -hmm. especially you know on the road, I think it's just it's even more likely to to happen, and so. And maybe it's just a matter of caution for me. I, I just, you know, I feel like the floor for Sadio Mane, especially with him getting pulled off 10 minutes early today, I just, I think he's going to start both matches. So I think, I feel like I'm looking at four points, kind of no matter what. Uh, but I also I would just be shocked if he didn't do anything in, you know, one or two of these away matches. And so um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if I were sort of like, you know, play it out in my head, um, I would say something like, let's, I'll give him one blank. Um, I'll give him one, one, uh, one match where he gets two points and I'll give him one match where he gets a goal and an assist, uh, and clean sheet bonus and a couple of bonus points. Uh, mm -hmm. it's really generous of me to give him all these points. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's say, I think, I think he could get like 14 points, uh, in, uh, in yeah. these two matches and for, for that to happen for one of the defenders, they would need – most likely they would need clean sheets in both of those matches. I suppose with Trent, he could get uh, you know, clean sheet, uh, an assist, and three bonus points in one match. But the problem is if he just gets a, an assist in one of those matches, he may just be on five. Like right. if they conceded a goal, but he gets an assist. But then if they, if they, if they just get a clean sheet – um, you know, I'm not sure that he'll, cause I, I presumably they're not going to be held scoreless in any of these matches. So, uh, players will be scoring. I'm like really talking myself into circles here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, that, I think, I think yeah. my one concern right. with Mane, you know, is just Origi's there and yeah. Klopp hasn't been afraid to play him before. Now he's kind of like the super sub, but he, he's there and he's coming off the bench almost every game and you want 
and it's a completely different story for the right wing. You know, um, they're not going to play Shakiri right now yeah. in, in place of Salah. So yeah. Origi just seems like he's good enough to play against West Ham, for example. Um, yeah. And that's what makes me a little nervous about captaining him this week. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Sal- or, uh, Salah or Mane have the ceiling that you want to go for if you're playing that triple captainship. Uh, if you're looking for the safer pick, yeah, maybe Trent. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. But even him, I, I think it's true of all, uh, you know, uh, AJ had a question uh, about, you know, why is Mane coming off early? This is his third early sub in a row. Um, I don't know. It feels like he's, I mean, he's just running a lot, tracking back a ton. Uh, Salah's playing a little, it feels like Salah's playing a little further forward. I mean, it's kind of fluid with those three, you know, mm-hmm. with Salah, Firmino and Mane. But, it, it, you know, it does feel like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I I've had Mane the last few game weeks, and so I'm like hyper cautious or not hyper <laughs> hyper hyper sort of aware of what he's doing in the pitch at all times. But it feels like he's tracking back a ton right now uh, and helping out a little bit. I'm not sure if that's because um, I'm not really sure exactly why that would be. Maybe it's just yeah uh, yeah function of his uh, what he's be. I mean, who knows? He's been asked to do it for some reason. So I I think that's the only reason he's been coming up early. I mean, his finishing hasn't been great. Um, I don't know if that, if he would get taken off for that or not, but that could be, Mm -hmm. I think it's just, I think he's just running a lot right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I looked it up in the last three game weeks and game week 21, he, well, each time he was subbed out for Origi today, technically, Mm -hmm. I I think the score sheet said that he was subbed out for Fabinho, but, um, Firmino came off at the same time and, uh, uh, Fabinho and Origi were subbed on, but, um, yeah, game week 21 subbed off for Origi. They were up two nil at that time. I think the game was over. And uh, and Mane wasn't needed on the pitch anymore. Uh, game week twenty two subbed off for Origi. Uh, they were up one nil, and I think that was just to uh, Mane was getting he had run a lot, and they needed some fresh lead, uh, fresh legs to protect that lead. And then I think mm-hmm. the same situation was today too. They were up one nil when that substitution happened, and especially with Fabinho coming on, I, they were thinking that was going to be a one nil. Uh, win and they needed to lock that down. So I think it was just good tactics by Klopp. I don't think FPL managers can predict that sort of thing or need to be worried about it too much. Yeah. I mean, there's a question here from Harry Alexander that, that, must be must be uh, raised at this moment, <laughs> which is uh, he just says, uh, can we not delve too deep into Liverpool assets? Mane and Firmino nearly had a return were not for VAR and said the other three did bring in three for the double game week. It says gamble. It's a gamble as to which will do better. Just don't blow your team up. Don't let double game week brain ruin your double game week. I think this is really good advice. I and mean, I think that we should talk about these players. We can talk about these things a little bit, but we all know that Firmino, Mane, Salah are capable of scoring bunches in, in you know both of these matches. We both know that Trent is capable of doing big things. I I just, you know, I, I feel like it's it's just being honest here. Like I mm-hmm. you know, just to to say that it's really hard to pick between any of them and that you probably I, I've been trying to do this thing recently. <laughs> this is like my like a little, a little psychological thing that I've been trying to do where like after I've sort of locked in my team for the game week and you know the first match kicks off, there's nothing I can do anymore. I sort of try to tell myself, you made this decision for a reason, right? Like you <laughs> you camped in this particular player or you lined your team up this way. You 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 know you've sort of you had to, you trusted your thinking then, like don't let the results get in the way of that thinking. And so I've been trying to like internalize this thought process a little bit because this is a this is the kind of game week where something is going to go very wrong. Like so, like you know, Trent is going to go off in the eighth minute of the first batch of the double game week with an injury or something, or you know, or uh, someone's going to miss a penalty or something something bad is going to happen and people are going to get really upset with themselves about it. And just, if there's one thing that you and I can do right now, it's just tell people to not do that <laughs> because it's <laughs> it, really, I don't think, I, I think even for me now, so, you know, I, if you were, if you have not brought in three Liverpool players for this match yet, I, I still think for me now, if, if I were trying to make up ground and I was, you know, you know, 1 million ranked or whatever, and I wanted to be a little bit different. Um, I still think that he is, super underrated as, as an asset for the double game week. He has a really good road record. Um, and certainly in the, like in the, the first, you know, whatever 12 away matches they played so far this season, um, and 11, whatever it is. And, uh, um, I think he's pretty close to a guaranteed starter in both these matches. Like, I mean, sure. Riggy could, could swap in for any of these guys. Um, but I, I just think that, you know, he could, 
do extremely well. And if you wanted to be a little bit different, I think that he is the player I'd go with. I think if you wanted to be, you know, Mike DiPietro says, which Liverpool player, which Liverpool player is the safest captain in game week 24? If you're trying to protect rank. Um, who is the safest captain? What do you, you think? Did you say Trent I mean, earlier? Maybe as the, the, gosh, the highest. What, what do you mean by safe? I mean, I guess. Yeah. Clean sheets seem to be fairly reliable right now. And so I guess if you're saying like, I want the highest floor mm-hmm. possible, then yeah, you go with a defender. But yeah. um, if you're using your triple captainship, I, I'd probably just go for it, right? Um, yeah. I don't know God, that you need to be safe. You're almost talking me into Trent here. My God, am I going to like, <laughs> am I going to end up with Trent as my triple captain? This, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's uh but again, this is, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like it, to me, it does not seem clear at all that there is a, like all three of, and I, and it's funny because it, as I was talking about this, I was like, well, does that mean you shouldn't play the triple cap if you don't actually know who to trust? But I actually feel confident in all three of these players, right? The three oh, yeah, players yeah. I have in my team, Firmino, Mane, and, and Trent, I think all three of them could, could do well. Um, so yeah, I mean, Firmino, I guess I brought in as a little bit of a gamble, um, you know, I, I guess if I were to pick the safest, the safest player, I would probably just pick Mane um, just from a um, ownership perspective. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's this effective I feel like we talked about this on last week's podcast, but just as a re- you know, a reminder, you know, effective ownership is, um, you know, if you own that player, you have 100 percent of that player. Um, if you captain that player, you have 200% of that player. And if you triple captain them, you have 300% of that player. So I think that Mane's ownership is going to be something like 200% going into game week 24. So you, you, you need to captain, you'll need to, if he does anything big, you're going to need to captain him just to break even. Um, and you're probably going to need to triple captain him to actually get, like green arrows out of it. And so I think it's going to be really, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be wild watching these matches unfold because I think a lot of people are also going to be going with, with Mo Salah, which I think is reasonable as well, given how you know goal hungry he seems right now. Um, but yeah, so I guess, yeah. I, yeah. So in, there's, I guess there's two ways to think about safe, right? There's the way you're talking about it, which is clean sheets. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's very like, it's almost borderline likely that they'll keep clean sheets and, one if not both these matches um and i guess they're safe for like in terms of ownership and from that perspective maybe maybe money makes a little more sense mm-hmm. yeah but i think harry alexander's right we don't need to think about it too much i mean yeah today anybody could have scored at, at the end of double game week 24 jordan henderson could be the top scorer and <laughs> yeah and it and it doesn't matter and you don't need to beat yourself up about it just roll the dice yeah. go with your gut uh, there's no stats. There's no eye test that's necessarily going to say yeah. one of these guys is more qualified than the other. Yeah. Mark my words. Gabriel Jesus is going to outscore like virtually every single player on on uh, Liverpool in the double game week. That's just like no that, Harvey, just, Barnes. Like, Harvey Barnes. Somebody random like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it'll be maybe John Lundstrom. It'll just come back. And, <laughs> the Lundstrom comeback starts. Uh, all right. So just. FPL Rossoneri, I mean, we've talked a lot about Liverpool. There is another team that has a double game week. It's it's kind of a crap double game week, uh, which is it's West Ham. They play they play Liverpool at home and they play away to Leicester. Uh, they play away to Leicester this Wednesday and then they play Liverpool at home the following Wednesday. Um, so I, you know, I actually have an injured Ryan Fredericks right now. I don't have anybody else uh, that I'm really considering for West Ham, but. Uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, Sebastian Allaire before this before this podcast started, and uh, can you give us a quick shout or maybe just a little bit of background on, on Allaire and how he's looking right now? Yeah, so my my favorite team is you know I, I follow Chelsea in the Premier League, but my favorite team is Eintracht Frankfurt, so I've been able to watch Allaire for a little while now, and um, he was how? great there. How did how did he, Frankfurt? What what happened there? What's how did Frankfurt? Uh, I was on a vacation in Germany, and um, and went to a game. Uh, mm-hmm. I flew into Frankfurt and they were right there, went to a game. And let me tell you, the experience is like none other. It's incredible. If anyone's going to a Bundesliga game, they need to prioritize that one. Wow. Um, but the crowd is incredible. Uh, so I've been following them ever since and, uh, and kind of started following them the season before they really came into the team that we now know them as, as real European competitors. But, mm-hmm. um, he's a product of a system that works. Um, he needs people around him. Uh, he had 
Luke Jovic, he had Antti Rebic, um, he had uh, Philip Kostic, all, all these wingers and, and other forwards who were there for support. And West Ham is like a poor man's version of that. Um, mm-hmm. They're just not aggressive enough. They're not on the counter enough. They're not, they're not moving enough. And so he's often left up on an island there. And I've seen a little better performance since Moyes has taken over, but um, nothing he nothing like what we saw in Frankfurt. And so um, I am, but I'm still hesitantly optimistic that something could happen, but mostly just because Lester's defense doesn't look that great. And I think that he could score mm-hmm. in that one. Um, but I, I mean, I have no hope against Liverpool. <laughs> He's he, that's a, that's a two pointer, maybe a one pointer with a yellow card. Who knows? Yeah. The, um, yeah, it's the 7 million price point is makes it a little tricky. I wish he was like 5 billion or something, you know, and, like, <laughs> and then, then you could drop down from Rashford to him and it would uh, give you yeah. what you needed to, um, to fund Salah or whatever. But yeah, at 7 million. It's, it's kind of tricky. Um, cause he's, he's writing that Danny Ings. We haven't talked about Ings at all. The Ings disappointment. Uh, maybe we'll just, we'll just skip that entirely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anyone else in the team, I, mean, I guess the only player that I would, I think the defense is a complete wash. I just don't want a defender um, for two matches against Leicester and, and Liverpool. Um, but Robert Snodgrass is the one player that I would be a little tempted by. Yeah, yeah. He looked really good this last game week. Um, he, I, I watched that entire match, and he was the one that stood out for me. Um, yeah. It is worth mentioning that Lanzini is playing up top kind of as a second striker. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing a little bit of a 4-4-2. He will drop back a little more. Um, so may, I have him on my team. Frankly, I don't know why. <laughs> that was probably a, a mistake. Um, but uh, Snodgrass looked yeah. like the most... Yeah. yeah, Snodgrass looks like the best uh, best option, but he isn't necessarily playing regularly either. He, he's been rotated. Right. Um and so I don't know if he's going to play both of these games. Yeah, that would be the concern with Snodgrass. Possibly Lanzini too, I guess, just because of his his oh yeah, yeah. injury record. But uh, Lanzini's played eighty three minutes in the last two matches, and I mean he's a player I rate highly. Like just as somebody who could who could do something in this double, I I, I think Lanzini would be up there. Um, yeah, it's too bad Yarmolenko. Uh, he's been out for the thigh injury now for. Mm-hmm. Since since December, um, he would have been he would have been a fun player to at least consider at five point three million, but yeah, as it is, I think um, I think it's yeah Snodgrass, Lanzini, maybe Allaire. Defense is a is a complete write off. I mean, you've got you've got Martin, but um, you also have um, is it Rand? Yeah, you have Randolph now. Randolph, Randolph just yeah. came in, so we think maybe Randolph is is the new starter. I don't know. But is Randolph good? I don't know. Just just stay away. Just stay away from the whole defense. That would be my my strong strong advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's. We have any more questions about the double? Um, so we've, we've talked a lot about this over the last three or four game weeks. And at this point, you probably already have the two or three players that you're going to have. You probably already, you know, if you haven't bought them in, you've sort of figured out the money to make those moves. Um, and I would just go ahead and do whatever you were thinking. I don't think anything happened in today's match that made me feel any any differently really about any of these assets, except uh, maybe feeling a little more like Mo Salah is, uh, is um, back to his like super goal hungry ways, which I guess is, uh, I guess yeah, that's Yeah, he cool. definitely looks yeah. like the old Salah. He does. Yeah, still a terrible miss early on, but still, or maybe like in the early in the second half. Um, all right. So yeah, I think, you know, fi- I'll just say the final thing here and I'm, I'm sort of, you're turning my head a little bit on this defense question. Um, Jeff, uh, Chancer says, um, there are 19 other teams besides Liverpool, which assets might be slipping under the radar for game week 24. So got a lot of different matches here. Um, and, uh, just when you look ahead to game week 24 and you kind of put Liverpool aside for a minute, um, are there any matches that you think could just be really explosive fantasy wise uh well i kind of targeted a couple players that i think could not only be uh good players for this coming game week but some good maybe long-term solutions too um i've been watching a little bit of brighton um so that's how exciting my weekends have been uh but mape and trossard looked great um i love mape i've had him in my team for a few weeks now and he's the type of player if he's on your fpl team you love him. And mm-hmm. if he's not, you hate him. Uh, he's got, he's like a, a small version of Diego Costa. 
uh, just <laughs> angry and starting fights everywhere. But yeah. he he's running like crazy. Two point five percent owned. Trossard, zero point five percent, and and both Jeez. of them look great. They wow. have good fixtures and they run like mad. Um, they're gonna get uh, Mape's gonna get a yellow. Mm-hmm. I mean, just prepare yourself for that. But yep. uh, they look good. Um, I'd also toss out, um, and this is going to come out of left field, but the Chelsea defense, hmm. um, they are awful. <laughs> like as a team, uh-huh. they've been awful. And when you look at the FPL sites, you know, fixture difficulty rater, it's all red coming up, but you got to remember like they're facing Arsenal without Alba. They're facing Leicester who, you know, don't look themselves right now. They're facing United without Rashford. They're facing Tottenham without Kane. Like, I, I'm not sure that these are red fixtures anymore. And mm-hmm. aside from that late goal that kind of came out of nowhere from Newcastle, they did all right. Uh, they got Rudiger back in there. Um, they're done with uh, Zuma and Tamori, it seems like. Christensen's kind of slotted in there. Um, yeah. They look good, and they look like they're they're really solidifying in the back. I think you could get some clean sheets out of the next several weeks. That's a good point. You know, I think there is a temptation. And I I was pulling them up as you were talking about them, and there's I, I, those those fixture difficulty ratings. You know, they they're set before the season starts, and I I do think that they probably should be more fluid. They should change as the season goes, or maybe even as teams are like form, you know, uh, moves around and stuff like that. Because yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, you look ahead. Okay, Leicester away, not a great one. But um, yeah, I mean, United, Spurs, Arsenal, all three of them are at home. That's that's an interesting mm-hmm. shout. And uh, yeah, it's too bad that I, I was actually thinking about uh, Reese James a little bit. He was starting to emerge as a, a pretty interesting option. And uh, he went off with a little bit of an injury. I don't know. It says, you know, it's the generic knock. I don't know. Did you, did you hear anything about Reese James and what, what the deal is there? I haven't heard anything new. I think he's yeah. fine. And And the thing about him, he is, I'm surprised he doesn't have more assists right now. Yeah. The, his crosses are incredible. Yeah, he could be a real option if he if he keeps that starting role. Yeah, and available at just five million. And then Tamori, who had had risen pretty high, is back down to four point six million, which is kind of in that range where you're like, well, maybe I'll just take a flyer on this guy. Um, you know, especially if you're if you're considering you know, Leicester defense, just as they, they look, you know, so much worse, they have kind of a bad run of fixtures coming up as well. Um, so if you were considering Soyuncu out, which would be a hard thing to do, I don't know, I'm feeling very attached to Soyuncu still, but if you, maybe not for game week 24, cause they're home to West Ham, but they do play, they play Chelsea Wolves away and Man City in the next three after that. Um, it could be the time to finally, to finally divest yourself of all, of all Leicester defenders. Um, so maybe, uh, um, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe Tamori. I might be talking myself into this Chelsea shot a little bit, Eric. I think that's I think that's a good one. Yeah, I think Tamori might be out of favor a little bit right now, though. So I, I think if James keeps his starting role, that's the guy that you would want to look at. And I mean, I mean, Azpilicueta is too expensive, really, for real consideration, but he is way up the pitch and involved everywhere, uh, kind of playing a, a hybrid center back role. He's all over. Uh, Lampard switches him every game, but he... He's getting pretty involved, but yeah, I think James might be the best option there. I think the uh, one other player I'll name is um, Jack Grealish, who uh, still only twenty one percent owned. Pretty pretty low for a player who's only six point six million, and I, I feel like a player who's that price fits into a lot of teams. And you know, another another goal, uh, another goal on my bench, sadly in game week twenty three. Uh, but his like rage based game, uh, is, is really, <laughs> really working. I think he may, he may just like drag, he may drag Aston Villa into another season of Premier League just through sheer rage. And, uh, I love it. I love to have him in my squad. Uh, they're home to Watford in a uh, game of 23. Now Watford defensively have looked a lot stronger to be sure. But uh, Aston Villa have, outside of the Man City match, been pretty strong at home. Um, and especially with Wesley out, I feel like Jack Grealish has taken on a lot of the goal-scoring responsibility. And uh, I think that this is the kind of game week where you could, you know, if there weren't such obvious captain candidates, I think that he would be kind of a cheeky um differential you know candidate pick uh all right so let's take a quick break and we'll get back and we're going to talk about a lightning round of striker questions now eric just fair warning in advance these are 30 seconds per team okay or per question so uh 
uh, if we go any longer than that, I've got a buzzer. I've got to hit it. It's a whole thing. So uh, we'll have to. Right. Uh, I know how. I know how. Uh, how firm you are on that time deadline. It's, it's the one thing that I really care about on this podcast is uh, is keeping it to thirty seconds. <laughs> so uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, Eric, we're back. A lightning round of striker questions to come. All right. So uh, let's just jump right into it. TRPLR says, what do you think of Gabriel Martinelli with the bombing out? I'm going to have to throw this one back to you because <laughs> I don't know a thing about him. And you're the Arsenal fan in the room. So well, it's interesting. You know, I think he's better than we than we. So, yes, shifted right into the we there. Uh, when Arsenal uh, bought Martinelli, I mean, it was kind of like one for the future. Uh, but then he was. You know, a little bit like Mason Greenwood, I guess. You know, he was just he was sort of tearing it up in these these kind of non Premier League matches and just sort of emerging as a, as a player. I think it was you know the Europa League it scored a couple this fall, and um, I had kind of briefly for a moment considered him uh, going into game week twenty three um, to fund a possible Salah move. And I think the thing about him is that um, the moment's probably gone. You had your chance, and it was to get him before mm-hmm. before game week twenty three. I mean, now they play away to Chelsea. Sure, he could do something, but it's not super promising. Away to Burnley, kind of the same thing, uh, and then Aubameyang is going to be back after that, and he's going to go right back to the bench, and you're going to have a bunch of one pointers in your team. So, you know, I just don't see. I see him as a player who next season, you know, when he's a six million striker you know and maybe starts to earn more regular spots could be someone worth considering but uh i think that uh unless Ab- unless obama and lacazette get seriously injured i just don't see how he holds that spot uh he's got he's, he's good 10 years younger than both those players and i just don't it seems it would be uh, unlikely i think for him to actually win that spot out and so i think that's it's the kind of player who you bring him in and it just it just creates problems like almost immediately, you know, where suddenly you just have this like kind of dead spot in your team and this player you can't start because if you do, you know, he's only going to come on in the 87th minute for five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, although this does lead me to uh, FPL Joe, uh, who says uh, this is uh, Joe from uh, the scout. He says, uh, with Rashford out, does that make the man United attack a no go zone? Uh, would you consider Mason Greenwood? So Greenwood is interesting, and I'm sort of kicking myself on the Firmino front uh, for lots of reasons for dropping um, for drop dropping um, uh, what's his name? Jeez, the Wolf striker Jimenez. Dropping Jimenez for Firmino. Not only did it cost me 11 points this game week, but now that we know that Marcus Rashford is out for two or three months, it sounds like with with broken bones in his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we suddenly have a super cheap Man United striker who is available, who is probably going to start at midweek, and I guess he's four point four million. Uh, so Mason Greenwood, uh, who I, as long as you don't need to play him every week, as long as your team is not structured in this way where for some reason Mason Greenwood needs to start for you every single match, I think he is a very appealing option now at four point four million. He may not start every match. Uh, but I think he'll start some of the easier ones. It's kind of it's kind of ideal in some ways, right? Like maybe he doesn't start. Yeah, yeah. And, Liverpool, but you know, home to Burnley, I would think he does. Yeah, I've been thinking about him because I I have him on his on my team right now too, and uh, probably going to be transferring him out this week. But um, I, I've been looking at Greenwood. But the thing I keep coming across it, it switches my formation up. I mean, it looks like most successful managers have had something like a three four three, and those three strikers up front in your FPL teams is, has really been helpful. Do you really want to jump off that mm-hmm. right now? And because that's essentially what you're doing with Greenwood is, you know, you're not going to start him every week. Um, right. And even, even today he didn't start, he came in as a sub when he could have started. So still not sure what's going on there. Um, you know, is it worth a punt at his uh, price point? Sure. Uh, but I, I wouldn't have super high hopes on him. Yeah, I don't know that I'd have super high hopes um, either, uh, but I think as a kind of enabler type player, you know, as somebody who, mm-hmm. uh, who again, if, if he's mostly on your bench and then you just, you know, maybe he'll come on occasionally. I mean, it's, it's no different than having like a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like a you know, the, the the 12th player on your team, right? The player in the first bench spot, you know, most of the time when they yep. come on your team, they're not going to do that much for you anyway. Uh, you know, one, two, three points. So, 
um, you know, if you view Greenwood through the same lens and he's not somebody who needs to start every week, then I think he's he's pretty appealing. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think we saw today that with with Rash, I, I don't know if Martial was asked to do this or if it's just something that he did naturally, but he was drifting out further and further left as that match went on. And it sort of put them in a position where there was nobody to actually score for that team. It was like a, it was a strikeless formation, but it wasn't like they had a bunch of attacking players up there. It was just, it was just a bunch of people playing as wingers with no one to actually send the ball into. Um, and so it was <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird, I don't really know. I, it was like their goal was just not to lose by that much or something. It was like, I, I don't know how they were going to score in that match. Um, and so I think they need someone like Mason Greenwood. I, you know, the, I guess the the caveat here is that if they do bring in, I believe his name is Bruno Fernandez. Um, yep. Yeah, Bruno Fernandez is the uh, is the player for Sporting who they're looking at right now. I don't know if that actually happens or not. I mean, it'd be kind of a bigger like a pretty expensive deal. And I feel like we, especially the last couple of seasons, we haven't seen massive deals happen um, in January. Sometimes you'll see something like Christian Pulisic where they'll sign a contract, but they won't actually join the club until the next fall or whatever. Um, So we'll, we'll see, you know, but if, if, but if someone like him came along, then he, you know, like a sort of striker in his prime, he's 25 years old. He probably, I guess he's not really a straight, but he's an attacking player who could play in that Greenwood spot. Um, then I think, uh, then I think then I'd be a little worried, but so I, I guess like, I don't know, I'm sort of talking myself all over the place here, but I think that Greenwood is like somewhere between like a player to watch and a player who you could maybe take a punt on. Um, I certainly wouldn't sit here and say, oh yeah, I think this guy is going to start every match and he's going to, you know, be a major goal threat. I think that it's too early to, to really say that. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on to some non-Greenwood Martinelli questions. Uh, Doc says, uh, Abraham and Chelsea's form seems to be dropping and tougher fixtures are coming. Uh, would you consider dropping Tammy? So do you, you don't, do you have Tammy in your team, Eric? I can't remember. No, I've, I've had him for quite a lot of the season, though. Um, and, and as I'm watching the games, uh, the problem isn't Tammy. The problem is uh, on the wings. Mm-hmm. Um if you watched the game this weekend, William, I don't know what the heck he was doing. Just, I, it, it, is it physically impossible for him to look at where he's passing the ball? Does he have to do a backheel flick every single time? Yeah. It was maddening what him and uh, Hudson Adoy were doing. It, Tammy's just not getting good setup from, from any of his wingers or midfielders right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they can break the code and, and figure it out, but how long do you want to wait for it to happen? Um, they're not facing the hardest defenses over the next several weeks, but they're not facing, you know, uh, the worst either. So yeah, if, if you've got those transfers, I'd say there's some good options, especially if you don't have somebody like, you know, Ings, uh, you know, I'd say do that immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the fixtures are just, are just difficult enough and there are enough, other options out there, you know, like other, like other players who are either che- virtually everyone you would bring in would be cheaper, right? So at the very least, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so like Tammy to Ings, I think that probably would free up about one million, um, you know, not an insignificant amount, right? That's like the difference between a, I don't even know, like a Ben Chilwell and uh, and uh, Virgil Van Dyke or something like that, you know. So um, Chilwell, by the way, I guess he's just he's on the outs. That's uh. I guess that's it for Ben. Is that a wrap on Ben Chilwell's uh, 1920 Premier League season? I I don't know. That, that guy was like man for a while. I don't know. It's uh, kind of injury. I, I mean, I remember him for that one big week and uh, everybody putting their FPL hopes in him after that. And I think we should have learned our lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should have seen seen it that it was just a, a, a one week fluke and a few other weeks. But yeah. Yeah, it's you're right. I mean, because that was I think he had like a little bit of a it was like a calf injury or something. But yeah, it was it was game week ten. Uh they were away to Southampton. He scored nineteen points in that game week. A goal, two assists, a clean sheet, and I think he only got one bonus point because I think that was when uh, Vardy and Perez both had hat tricks. Yep. <laughs> um, but he had uh he has no goals or assists since then. Uh that was uh no goals, no assists, and only four clean sheets in the uh 14 matches since I know he hasn't even played in all of those matches, but yeah, I mean, watching this match today with, uh, with Ndidi out with Christian Fuchs uh, scrambling, not looking, not looking awesome back there. Johnny Evans didn't have a great game either. Uh, it's, no. yeah, it's not look good, uh, for, for the Lester defense. And 
somehow in our striker corner we started talking about the Leicester defense that's uh that's the always changing experience Eric <laughs> um, all right so uh final question uh comes from FPL Mikey he says would you get Jimenez in if you have a spare slot in your front line and this one this one does that one did hit me in the heart a little bit uh but what about what about, <laughs> what about Jimenez would you uh are you thinking about Jimenez yes first? So I have him in my team right now, and this has been a question that's plaguing me because, Josh, have you heard like a, I don't know, have you heard the narrative out there that Jimenez is fixture proof? Uh, I have. I think I helped to propagate this narrative. Okay. All right. So <laughs> we're going to we're gonna sidetrack always cheating and go on a little episode of Mythbusters here. Um, I'm going to read off the teams that Jimenez has scored against. Um and uh, their their current rank in in terms of goals conceded this year, um, he has scored against Norwich twentieth. That's the worst, in case you didn't know. Um, Villa nineteenth, Southampton eighteenth. He scored three goals against them. Burnley seventeenth, Bournemouth sixteenth, Everton twelfth, Arsenal eleventh, and then for some weird reason he's he scored a goal and three assists against. Uh, Manchester City but those are all of the worst defenses in the league he's not scoring against good defenses and over the next three weeks he plays Liverpool uh, which is obviously first uh, United they're tied for fifth and then Leicester City for third Um, I I just don't see goals happening if if this is a statistical trend it's just not going to happen the next three weeks for him so I say if you don't have him definitely don't bring him in if you have him probably dump him um yeah and uh dump them as soon as possible i suppose the um you know i suppose the the goal and assist that he had in the uh in the man city game uh they were playing against 10 men so i suppose that does that does change the equation although god it's yeah it's kind of crazy just how insanely good he was um against man city because he did the two assists uh, as well that's that's good perspective because i i do sort of think about him as uh as as somewhat fixture proof and so um good i'm feeling slightly better about my <laughs> my decision to drop a player to score a brace this weekend uh because it's not it's not a great run i agree with you i mean the next three in particular are, are, are pretty poor so um mm-hmm. yeah so if you need to drop him to fun and the thing is um he's a very good player and they're you know they have once this kind of tough run ends they've got a really nice run to kind of close out the season um, it's not like he's some player that, you know, was 5.5 million and is now 7 million or something like that. He's exactly the same price that he started at. <laughs> he started the, he started the season at 7.5 7. million. He is currently 7.5 million right now. So, wow. Very, very <laughs> That's hard to believe. It is hard. Well, I think he, he's gone up and down. I think he actually got all the way down mm. to 7.5 at one point, uh, and then back up to 7, 7.7. 7. Um, so, you know, 7.5 million striker is like one of the easiest players to bring in you know there's, there's no, you must always have enough money to or you could free up enough money to do that so um yeah so i think uh i think i'm you've, okay I'm, I'm actually like a little convinced now i'm feeling slightly better about dropping <laughs> uh, i also think it's fine to keep him too uh you know i don't think uh i mean between him and his and kind of everyone else in that bracket i think it's all it's all pretty close but um i think i think you're probably right there especially if you need to free up some cash for a third liverpool player Eric, that's it. That's the lighting round. Um, thank you so much for answering all of these questions with me. And uh, yeah, I, that hour went by so fast. Uh, thank you so much for, <laughs> being, for being on the podcast. Do you have any closing thoughts? Anything? Uh, anything you want to say? Any? Anything about FPL philosophy? Any like? Any, you know, any parting words? Oh man, there was a uh, there was a, a thread uh, this week about about you know. Uh, hall of fame fpl hall of fame and and you know a yeah. lot of people put their overall rank or you know how many seasons they've been in the top 10k or whatever uh, in their in their twitter bios and i really strongly and i'm not just saying this i really strongly believe that how good you are at the game has very little correlation between how able you are to talk about it intelligently talk about it in an interesting way to, to be entertaining i mean when i'm talking about fantasy on twitter or slack or on this podcast my chief goal is for it to be fun and entertaining. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. it's, it's not like a full-time job for anybody, you know, or mo- for mo- almost anybody. Um, and so I don't know. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that as kind of a, as kind of a topic? Yeah. I mean, th- that's just the way I play this game. Uh, I'm on it to have fun. It is a way for me to enjoy the sport more. 
uh, for me to watch more games, uh, to, to watch them more tentatively. Um, who cares about overall rank? I mean, sure. If you're in a cash league, that's always fun. Or, or if you know people, but for me, like out in the middle of nowhere, rural Michigan, this is, this is the way, especially the way that we have Twitter communities and Slack communities and all these other, this is the way, by the way, is a nice, um, Mandalorian. Oh, Mandalorian yes. Yeah. This is the we way able to, even without Brandon here, we were able to slip in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is a great way to, to just connect with other people. And that's, that's the reason why I do this really is just to, to meet some fun people from all across the world, uh, talk about football, uh, enjoy watching it together, um, have a good laugh, usually at my own expense. Um, and all the wild decisions that I tend to make, um, despite all of your advice. Uh, yeah. And, and that's the way that we need to play it. You know, we, we kicked it off with that, uh, you know, I think sarcastic question, is it time to, that we spend more time with our family rather than FPL, but that's the truth, right? It, there are bigger, more important things in life. If you're not enjoying a fantasy game, if you're not enjoying the sport, then you can always turn it off and you can right. step away and enjoy the more important things in life. Um, but this is, you know, a, a little nice added bonus to life that, uh, that it helps us get through, um, some of the duller times. So. Well, my, my goal is for you to hopefully work in fantasy into one of your sermons someday. Yeah, so oh my goodness. This, was, this was good practice. You know, this is like a little, as if I don't put more. them to sleep enough already. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, just, I'm going to reiterate, we didn't, we talked about this earlier, but uh, if you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can uh, say thanks for what we do, get access to our Slack, uh, the extra podcast each week. Um, and as noted before, uh, I'll be doing this week's uh, Kitchen Table podcast uh, and lots of other good stuff as well. Um, and uh, if you'd like to uh, do that, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And I'm going to thank our producers very quickly here. Uh, well, not quickly. I'll just do it in a, in a, a speedy tone. A, uh, I'm not rushed. Uh, Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T., The Big Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Benning, Dave Leonard Lodell, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chen, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kean Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Baroctel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Given, Andy Martin, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, FPLmerch.com, and James Conroy. And uh, yeah, it's interesting, actually, I was just thinking about our producers we were talking, I, you know, many of them, you know, we know a little bit or we've met, uh, you know, at least once and most of them do have a very good and healthy relationship to the game. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I really am I'm with you there on that front. Um, that's always kind of the goal of the podcast, too, is to um, is to keep it pretty light uh, if we can, uh, unless I'm ranting about my own team. And then <laughs> <about>. <laughs> uh, you can rate, re rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Acast, Stitcher. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Instagram, at Hail Cheaters. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. You can email us at any time, hailcheaters at gmail.com. I've got a couple of very nice emails this week from people who host the podcast. I know a lot of people who host this podcast are not huge on um, social media. And uh, it's anytime someone reaches out and just sends us a quick email note, uh, it really um, kind of makes my day and it really genuinely makes me, me you know, makes me very happy to get any, any, any message like that. So uh, if you want to do that, uh, please do. And uh, you can also just have a, like an advice question or something like that. You can message us that way as well. Um, you can visit our website, alwayscheating.com for all this information and a lot more. Eric, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Eric D. Freeman. Got it. And uh, so go find him there. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, some excellent gifts during midweek. I will be working, but I, I assume you'll have a little time actually to, to watch some of these matches. I'm kind of jealous. I will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be sneaking out for like a one dentist appointment. Maybe we'll see. Um, all right. So thanks a lot for, for coming on again, Eric. And uh, hail cheaters. Hail Poku. And uh, talk to you soon.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.